Hello and welcome to another edition of the CBB Fantasy Super Show. I am your host, Walter Waddell, a.k.a. Dubduce85, and I'm joined by Pete Cole, as always, my co-pilot and uh, uh, co-host. We'll be doing a podcast record here, so don't worry if you miss part of the show or you come in late. It will be available on demand right after, leading all the way up to lock, and still good information you can use after the first game lock, you know, to help you make your last-minute decisions. We have five total games today, four on the slate. You know, one's the, the Loyola. Um, and Colgate guiding out for the Patriot League title. Um, and then we got four really, really solid games on DraftKings and three on FanDuel, I believe. So um, let's just jump right in. Pete, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Um, it's going to be a good day. Four games. So what do we have? Two week or two days? NAT starts Wednesday? Is that how yeah. it's going? Yeah. So- so they'll have, you know, obviously after like an hour or two after Selection Sunday, they, they announced the NIT field. They're, it's smaller this year. I think typically it's like 32, but they're just doing 16 because it is going to be, uh, you know, in a bubble as well in the Texas area. And uh, it will start on, I believe, yes, Wednesday. Uh, typically, DraftKings and FanDuel will do a combo slate with the first NIT games, the opening round, and then the play-in games for the tournament. But with so we, the schedule of the tournament one day later, I don't know if it's going to affect the slate. And, and I haven't seen the actual start date of the playing games just yet, but that may make it to where it's a smaller slate on Wednesday. But So we got a two-day break. Actual so pretty much a two-day break, right? And then Yeah, because the CBI will be starting as well, which is the third-tier tournament. And sometimes they put those games on the slate, but that'll be midweek also. So yeah, it'll be a couple-day break. But I plan to have a show Monday and Tuesday where we do region breakdowns and kind of you know go a little bit further yep. talk talk efficiency, potential upsets, maybe, you know, focus on the betting side, make some some picks, uh, maybe get a pool together, you know, all kinds of good stuff coming up in those two days. So no break for us. Two weeks of poops, pretty much. Three, really. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's a little different this year. Usually it's that Thursday and Friday of the first round, but now it looks like it's pushed back one day. So Friday, Saturday, and then we got Sunday, Monday. So um, those of you like myself who usually take those two days off of work, you only really have to worry about taking off Friday, it looks like. So. Lots of fun stuff. Um, prize picks is heating up. Your baseball, NHL, all that content is, is on fire, so we're making people good money. Let's dive in here and start talking about uh, the final regular season slash conference tournament slate of uh, 2020 slash 2021. Pretty, pretty, it flew by, man. Everything's just flying by. Um, FSU versus St. Monas. This is the A10 conference tournament final. They've been off for about a week. Both teams were able to get healthy. For the most part, um, you know, prepare for each other. Ken Palm does have it 65-63, so it's a, a pretty low-scoring projected game. The total uh, is 128.5, so it's by far the lowest. But And typically, I know a lot of people, you know, they see a low total like that, they bounce. But St. Bona's rotation is so small, they play their starters most of the game and only go six or seven deep. And I think you could still reasonably target these guys and feel okay about it. Um, their tempo is 321. They're getting a nice boost from FSU, who's a 110. Um, when these two teams met earlier this season, <clears throat> it was uh, there was some fantasy-friendly scores. Um, let's see, it was 67-64 in favor of VCU, so you know it doesn't look like a, a great score on paper, but there were some nice, like I said, scores. Attaway had 23 points, 8 rebounds. He had a really solid game. Uh, Oshuni had 5 blocks, 11 points, 8 rebounds. I really like him again today. Jaron Holmes was a pretty big bust in Lofton, but I think they'll bounce back nice. On the other side, Bones Highland, who is an absolute stud, Conference Player of the Year. He had 22, 8, and 1 assist with a steal. Hit uh, three threes, but he attempted 12. Most of his shots, he took 16 shots, 12 of them were three-pointers. So expect a lot from him today. 
Um, Vince Williams had 11, nine and an assist with a steal. Um, and then Adrian Baldwin, who I really like today, had seven, six, and four assists. So there's definitely some stats, you know, guys who are going to make value here, um, especially a shorthanded team like St. Bonaventure's that just really only goes six deep. Um, so don't be scared away from that, that total. If people are going to be, you know, fading this game, then that's more for us. St. Bonaside, it's really Kyle Lofton, Jaron uh, Holmes, Dominic Welch, Jalen Attaway, and Oshun Oshuni. They, those are the five guys they run, you know, into the ground. Alejandro Vazquez is their their main sub that will come in if, you know, Holmes gets foul trouble or whatever. He'll play typically 18 to 20 minutes. Not really a fantasy option, but he is the guy that will come in and give guys breaks. Typically, you're going to see Lofton, Welch, and and usually Attaway play the entire game with Holmes and Oshuni getting, you know, breaks here or there. Lofton, it plays 96% of the minutes, which is the most minutes um, in all of the NCAA. So, you know, he's a really reasonable player at 7K today. Has an assist rate over 27%. His shot rate's around 21%. Usage rate's in 23%. Has a 2.5% steal rate. Um, doesn't really shoot threes all that well, but he's, he gets himself to the foul line a lot. I expect good things from him. Jaron Holmes, should pro- he's probably going to be the highest own. He's got high variance, but the price on him is very nice. He's got legit 50-point upside, but he can really put up clunkers, too. He's got single-digit you know, floor, which is really you know, concerning. Does have a 25% shot rate. Shoots 42% from long range on 88 attempts. Definitely a guy that um, gives you flexibility. He has that guard forward eligibility. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm definitely a Holmes fan today. And then I really like Oshun Oshuni. He's only you know, a couple hundred cheaper than Kofi Coburn. And I, I expect you know, most people would go Kofi in that instance. But I really like Osin because he's not going to get subbed out for unless he gets into foul trouble. He has a 10.8% block rate, top 21. You see he's got games of five, six, seven blocks, um, 22.2% defensive rebounding rate, and 8.8% offensive rebounding rate. Uh, he has what was the second highest offensive rating on the team behind Jalen Attaway. Um, draws over 3.2 fouls per 40. He's got the highest free throw rate on the team, so he's actually... You're getting himself to the foul line a, a lot. He shoots 66% from the foul line, which is pretty decent for a guy that's, you know, 6'10". Um, and he's probably, besides Lofton, my favorite play, but he's a luxury play if you can fit him. I think Kofi would probably, you know, on paper make sense as the, the you know, quote-unquote cash play. But I, I feel like Oshuni just has slate-breaking capabilities more because he's going to play the entire game. And then Welch and Attaway is really kind of a, you know, who do you like best? Those two take turns um, when you're on the opposite side. And like the other day, it was Welch and people had Attaway and Attaway busted. And then it was, you know, opposite. I kind of prefer Welch just because he's a better shooter. Shoots 41% from long range on 116 attempts. Attaway is more of the driver, prefers to do his work in the in the paint. He's got an 8% offensive rebounding rate, which is just behind uh, Oshuni. It's only 6'5", very aggressive. So depends on what you're you're doing here. They're, they're right around the same price, 6K, 6'4". You know, Welch is a little bit more, so... I think that it would make sense. You know, last time St. Bonds was on the slate, it, you know, we joked. I played four of them and it worked out, but it would have been fine if you played the starting lineup. You probably don't want to do that today, but I could see running two or three St. Bonds players and, and feeling really good about it. My priority order for them would be Lofton, Holmes, Oshuni, Welch, and then Attaway. I just prefer Welch over Attaway, but I really don't care if you prefer Attaway yourself. They're really similar players in terms of their floor. On the VCU side, Bones Highland, 8.6K. Not going to be able to fit him today. He's a nice luxury. He's been banged up. He really needed that time off. So, you know, they haven't played for approximately, what, six, seven days. I expect him to come out and try to carry the team on his back. 31.8% shot rate, uh, 3.5% steal rate. He's drawing almost 5 fouls per 40. 86% free throw shooter. So if the game's close at the end or they have the lead, expect him to rack up points at the foul line. Uh, Really nice play if you can afford him. Again, you know, 
there's value on the slate to be had. I've been going back to balance myself, Pete. I think you have been too, and it's, it's been working out really well. <coughs> yep. So I'm not really in a hurry to go back to just, you know, running all these stars slash value plays if I can help it. I prefer more running a value or two, but then stuffing all the, the mid-range. I'm still going to try to do that if I can. Vince Williams, another guy that's been banged up. Um, his price is super appealing, though. Um, they just want to let you guys know there doesn't come without risk. He's only 5'2". Um, he does, fouls, he's had him pretty much under control, but he has been banged up. Um, he has a bit of back injury that's been flaring up. He's typically a guy that's going to hit 4x at this price, though, at, you know, almost a 70% clip when healthy. So just a matter of if you want to take that shot on him, I think exposure to him would make sense. I'm running like three to five lineups in that 10K to first. So I'm going to splash some of my exposure around and definitely get some. I'm just not sure he'll make my main lineup. And then it looks like uh, Baldwin will be the guy that most people would be on from VCU. He projects well. He's only 5-1. He's been consistently hitting around the 20 fantasy point mark most of the month. Um, I know I had a couple games there recently where he was like right around 16. Uh, but typically he's going to play the entire game because VCU's been banged up. Uh, he has pretty decent rates across the board um, for a role player, if you will. He's got an 18% usage rate. 27.1% assist rate, steal rate over 4%, which is top 30 in the country, um, 78% free throw shooter. So, he, you know, he does just enough as a freshman to, to be dangerous, and I don't mind using him as a play. Outside of Highland, Williams, and Baldwin, I don't really care for any of them. They just don't do enough on a consistent rate basis to, to be playable. So low total, but definitely a lot to like here, Pete. Yeah, uh, so when I first looked at this game, I'm, I almost went, went past it, and I see the 128. And then I look into it more, I'm like, holy shit. Because if you're making more than one lineup, there's a lot to like here, actually, especially on the Bonnie side. And I agree on a Shuni. I, I, think, I think he maybe won the plays of the game. The problem is, yeah, is that price at 8-3. But he's a great leverage off of Kofi, like you said. And he, uh, he's been playing really well. And even the last game was, I think, the game against St. Louis. You would see, you would have seen a much bigger uh, rate. I think he got pulled earlier, right, when the blowout. So yeah. he still put up like over thirty DK points, but he probably could have easily put up forty. But they pulled him. So in the game before that, the Duquesne game, he went off. He went off against Dayton. So he's one. I think he's he's one of the top plays of the day. It's just the price. So if you're making more than one lineup, I would have him leading, like probably be like leading off my second lineup. So I like Ashuni. Um, well, since on the bodies and, and Kyle, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Kyle Lofton guy. The problem is, is with Holmes sitting there at five nine, he's probably yeah, just gonna be more popular in cash. I would love to get a lot of Lofton and Bones together, but it's just not gonna happen. Because this is Bones and Lofton have been battling now for like two years, and going this is turning a little bit of a rivalry here. So this 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 game could go a lot higher than than Vegas is thinking too. I think this is gonna end up being a really good game. But I guess I agree on the, on the Bonnie side, I would go Lofton, Holmes, and Ashuni for cash-wise. Probably Holmes first, I guess, because he's going to be popular at that 5-9. So I guess Holmes, Lofton, Ashuni, but I love Ashuni. And VCU, Baldwin's going to get major love today. I'm seeing a projected crazy everywhere, right? Because he, he's been playing a crazy, crazy minutes, but his log is not that great. Um, but yeah, get... he'll be hovering. He'll be hovering around twenty. So I don't think he'll be slate breaking. Got to have it type of score, but you know, safety. I think. Yeah, it's and he's gonna be. I mean, I'm assuming you're gonna see this can probably sixty percent owned, right? From where I'm seeing across industry, the love he's getting. But 
So I yeah, guess he's a play, sense. and then he to me he's the only probably the only play for cash. And BC was like, I would love to play Highland and Lofton together, but you can't, you can't pay eight six for Bones. But Bones has been really. This is the game last year that Bones came in and pretty much made a name for himself. At that point, he had a, he had a career high. He had twenty one when they beat him by like thirty points. Um, and that kind of yeah. like started this whole rivalry. I think it was like last January, February, whatever. But that was like Bones's coming out moment. And then him and Lofton been battling back and forth for the next year. Going, and then I remember Lofton got pissed off because he he wasn't named first team all league. And then I, he really had a chip on his shoulder. So I don't. This I think Lofton's gonna come out of this game. This is gonna be to me. It's gonna be one of the best games of the of the day right here. So oh, I think yeah, Baldwin's, Baldwin's your cash play. Baldwin and I'd be Baldwin and Holmes, and if you can fit Kyle Lofton in, I'd love to fit him in. But I think you'll probably need at least – you can have two come out of this game out of a 128, maybe. Yeah, and that's – you know, that's – I'm personally thinking it's probably stack it. Again, like I, I tend to do on St. Bonas, and, and even though it's a low total, you counteract that low total because, like I said, St. Bonas really only plays six guys. So, you know, it's, it's 128, 130 with six guys, which really isn't – that much worse than a 160 with you know 11 guys like Alabama, right? True. So so if you look yeah. at it like that, it's it's really not that bad. BCU, like we I said, they've been week. banged up. St. Bonas has been tired, so this week off really is going to help both teams. But this yeah, last week same thing. Um, yeah, for sure. All right, All right, next game, and this will be the most stackable. This will be the one the public is certainly on, um, and for good reason. LSU versus Alabama. Ken Palm has an 82-78 in favor of Bama. Seventh tempo ranking, LSU 63. Now, both games during the regular season were, were quite disappointing for the LSU side. Um, the first time they lost 105-75, cause Bama was, came out and shot like 76% from long range in the first half, some ridiculous number. And then the second time they played, you know, Bama won pretty handily then, too, at 78-60. And both times, LSU guys were, were really kind of just pedestrian if you will you know cam thomas got his 28 to to 30 which is good um days all right smart kind of mediocre wadford had you know a decent game mixed in there um uh, it's just really tough man because this will be one that i feel and i stacked lsu yesterday right and it worked out they all got over the 30 or whatever but now prices are up except for wadford his price has come down to seven eight so i think he's very much in play we know alabama a good way to beat them uh is down low um, so Watford's certainly in play. I would probably go up to 200 and use him over my guy, Cam Thomas. This is, you know, I've been, I've been pretty good at predicting when to use Cam Thomas and when not to. Um, I do think he's fine at 7.6. I'd much you know, prefer that 7K price. But I do, I do see him probably struggling to add rebounds today. You know, in the last couple of games, he's been rebounding, which has made it you know, well worth him. But I could see you know, him hitting somewhere between 25 and 29 today and not hitting 30. So I'm a little... I guess nervous about using my guy Cam Thomas. I I think I'd just prefer to go to Watford. Darius stays at seven one. Is is priced out now, especially in your main lineup. Uh, this feels like a game he will get into foul trouble if he if he you know he's hot for three, then maybe it'll work out. And then Javante Smart at six six. He's kind of just a safe option if you need him. Like whenever you want LSU exposure lately, he's been a bit underpriced. You can just get him in, but he rarely is going to go over you know that thirty point marker. So again, you've got all these LSU guys who are good on paper and high floor. Um, I just I question their upside a little bit here, you know, especially with Bama's defense being so good lately. Um, I'm a little scared to stack up against them. We saw against Mississippi State, they totally sh- Tennessee, mm-hmm. they did allow some big fantasy scores, so they went back to what they had been doing all season. But I don't know, they've just owned LSU in, you know, short sample two games this year, and I'm a little worried about it. 
Now on the Bama side, you've been you've been rolling out Herb Jones. He's been paying off for you, and everybody in the industry is up to eight four now though. So that's another thing you got to decide. Kofi, Oshuni, Herb Jones. You know where you're gonna go. I do see Jones. You know having great forty point upside here. Um, he's obviously healthy now. Uh, you know the question would just become, you know, is he gonna have his fouls? You know, and and be okay there because LSU does like to drive. So I could see him reach or you know pick up two quick ones. But yeah, if you can afford it, obviously he's nice. Petty's almost back into it's okay to play him territory. I've only used Petty that one time this year when he was 5'8". He's typically going to be between 20 and 28 fantasy points, so 6'3 is reasonable for him. Uh, it's, it's very unlikely he'll go over that. The, you know, his total season, his body of work supports that. So I, I, I stopped short of calling him you know, a must play or anything. You could go back to Shackelford, whose price went to 5'5". Five five. Yesterday he had early foul trouble. He was fine in the second half, but because he missed you know, some of that first half, he just never really got going. Right, he, he he just he never got it off. So so his price went down to five five. He's definitely in play at five five. I've heard people talking about him being a must play at that price, but I would just I would tread lightly, um, you know, because he does have he's kind of he's not quite as bad as Jalen Tate, you know, the guy that's in that five k range, but has a low floor, but he's close. Um, he doesn't even project that well really at five five. So I would just I just be really careful with him. Um, Bama has gone to a deeper rotation as well. So if Shaq is, you know not playing well, they'll get Quinterly in there. They'll get, you know, Gary or, or, you know, some of these, Keon Ellis has been playing more minutes. So just be careful with him at the 5-5. Five five. I know it looks juicy, but I, I don't know. It could be a trap. Quinterly at 6-1, I, I like him better than Shackelford. I just, I'm still having trouble paying these, these prices for Quinterly when we've had him all season for, you know, damn near min price. Um, and then Keon Ellis, he's been starting with Primo out. Uh, you know, he got another 21 yesterday. He's only 4-7. He's a damn good value play. So I think you can keep on running, uh, Kiana, you know, Ellis with Primo being uh, doubtful yet again. So what's the move here? Yeah, I ran Keon yesterday and I was pissed the whole first half because he didn't do shit. Next thing I know, he's, he's up to like 20 something DK points. So uh, for me personally, first of all, I, I feel like I can't let Herb down again. I got I me. Mean, I got to keep playing Herb. He's, he's been making me money. I don't like the price, but I feel like if I don't go off him today, I'm going to regret it. Might not be he's not the highest projected guy today because of his price point per dollar, but I gotta go with Herb. I just think he's as long as he's out of foul trouble. I think he I think he ended up playing at the end of that first half with two fouls. So I remember yesterday. So I'm on Herb. I'm a petty guy. I gotta play petty today at six three at that price. Um with this type of game environment also. Um I just think he's he's way too good against a he's got he's got way too much upside for Especially for this defense he's playing, he's playing against. So I'm on Petty, I'm on Jones, Keon. I'm not sure. I gotta, I gotta grab somebody cheap if I'm gonna play her. So it's gonna be, end up being like a Keon or a DeJulius. I don't like, but um, they're my two guys for for Bama. And on the other side, Watford is in play, but to me he's more of a GPP play. Especially if I'm gonna play Herb, and then it becomes between. I think Cam and Smart are both in play. I'll probably have to go to Smart. I'll take that thousand. I I think that thousand dollar price reduction is puts me definitely on Smart. Cam's in play. Cam may be one of the top plays of the day, but they're almost too close together. I think where I can I can drop the thousand dollars and fit in my big guys. I hate paying at eight four, but I just have to do. It. I feel like I, I owe it to the man. He's made me a lot of money lately. So so I think what are we gonna play? I'm probably end up playing like three guys out of this game. I don't think you can play four, maybe. I like everybody today, man. 
His first two, I, I can load up my whole lineup on his first two games. So probably, yeah, no, it's. I'm, I'm probably gonna go in my main lineup. Probably Herb, Petty, and Smart, just because price wise, I'd like to take Cam, but I'll probably end up taking the one K cheaper with Smart. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Uh, next game, Cincy versus Houston. Another one where the total will be lower, so maybe people ignore. But uh, I've had success in Cincy games targeting four and again, so I'm going to be going back. I'm to doing that again. Houston, I've been riding with them, and it's been paying off. Um, Ken Palm has a 77-62 in favor of Houston. 322 tempo ranking, Cincy 62. Um, Keith Williams was Dyson yesterday. He had like 21 at the half. But some sort of injury apparently happened. He had a towel over his head in the second half crying. Really undisclosed. There wasn't a lot of talk about it. So seems like he's up in the air for today, um, which is really going to hurt Cincinnati. Uh, if he doesn't play, it's going to be tough sledding for sure. Uh, so we'll have to monitor that. Um, a couple people were asking me about the bet on them because, you know, Georgetown and Oregon State could since you know, follow in their footsteps. But uh, I don't know. Without Keith, it's going to be really, really tough for them. So um, starting on the Cincinnati side, David Julius, who opted back in, uh, he's only 4-2. You know, he played that most of that second half with Williams out, had a you know, pretty solid showing, 13, 14 fantasy points. I would expect him to probably start today. And while it's not a great matchup, I typically don't like to target against Houston. Uh, we are in tourney time, you know, and, and nobody's going to shut down the other team, really. And we saw Memphis had some guys come out of there with, with decent scores on Houston. So at 4-2, if the Julius is going to play 30-plus minutes, I think he's a, a certainly a cash play and, and value, and I like his upside even over a guy like Keon Ellis, who would probably be deemed a little bit safer here. Yep. Um, it is a later game, um, you know, like two hours after lock. So, but the nice thing is Illinois has a plethora of value guys like Miller, Demonte Williams, uh, Jacob Granderson. So if, you know, Keith plays or DeJulius doesn't start and you don't feel comfortable using him, then you can swap to one of those guys. Just make sure you leave yourself that extra, you know, three, four hundred that you need, or have a two-man stack re or a uh, swap ready. Um, I still think this Julius is just, you know, he's going to play twenty no matter what, in my opinion. So he should definitely be a good option. Terry Eason is the guy. He's six-one. If Williams is out, he'd probably, you know, get his share of minutes as well. He actually played really well last time they faced off against uh, Houston, and he's one of those guys that whenever he's on the slate, it's kind of like uh, Michael Durr from from USF. Whenever he's on the slate, he just does really well. He put up twenty-six fantasy points against this Houston team. In a blowout, it was 52 to 90. Uh, they got crushed, but he did, he did make value. But now he's 6-1. So a little bit tougher, but he's fully in play for GPPs just if you want to heat check him. Probably won't be that owned if you're running multiple lineups for that 10K to first. Definitely get some exposure. Jeremiah Davenport, same thing, 6-9. He was a, a core for us yesterday and didn't come through. As soon as Keith Williams went down and didn't play the second half, all that defensive attention went to Davenport, and it really bothered him. Now he has to face Houston. Obviously can't run him in met in cash or your main or anything like that, but don't sleep on him. He can definitely, you know, bounce back here, especially if he's going to take 15-plus shots. Uh, Mike Saunders, Mason Madsen, both potential value plays as well as Keith Williams is out. Houston side, uh, love everyone on this team, man. Quentin Grimes at 8K. You know, he kind of didn't get the attention the other day because Giroux got a triple-double for us, but then, you know, Grimes bounced back with a 43 yesterday, 21-6-2, a block, four steals. Uh, last time they did face off Cincinnati, and people didn't really use him. He was 7-4 then, a blowout. You know, they won by almost 40. He put up 39 fantasy points. So I'm not worried about the blowout. Either way, even if it is a blowout, don't expect them to pull guys early or anything because they have, you know, several, you know, almost a week until the tournament starts. Yep. Um, you know, and they'll get their subs in there or whatever. But expect Grimes to play 30-plus 
8K, another guy where he may get overlooked because of Kofi, um, you know, Herb Jones. I think those are the guys that people are going to prioritize. So Grimes and Oshuni, if they're going to be lower owned, those would be the two that I really want to run. So um, big Grimes fan for good reason. Um, I like Giroux looking at rates here for, for the Houston side. Quentin Grimes has a 29.2% shot rate, shooting 40% from long range on 192 attempts, 20%, 26% usage rate, 2.4% steal rate, and he's drawing 4.5 fouls per 40. Giroux is a guy that I really like. Um, you know, every, he got me that triple-double the other day, so I'm stuck on him. He didn't really come through for us. He had six turnovers. Typically, he's going to play better than that. Memphis D is a lot better than Cincinnati, so it did give him some struggles. But he still had a nice stat line of 11-5-3-1-1, put up 22, which wasn't a killer at 7-3. Now he's 7-4. He's barely gone up. Last time they played Cincinnati, he was right around 26 fantasy points, which is still fine. I definitely think he'll put up over 30. It's a championship game. You know, they want to leave no doubt, try to lock in a two-seed here if they can. Um, so I'm expecting a lot better game from him today than what he showed yesterday. 24% usage rate and assist rate, top 100 at 28.8%. A steal rate of 3%. Uh, draws four fouls per 40. Really solid free throw rate. One of the best on the team. He's a 36% three-point shooter on 71 attempts, so he is capable. Um, and he's a 72% free throw shooter. So if this game somehow is close, you know, we saw with the Beavers and the Hoyas, never say never, um, you know, he'll rack up points and manufacture them there. On the forward side, Justin Gorham is 6'5". He's more of a GBP play today. Um, definitely still like him. He doesn't really get a lot of ownership, and he's just solidly putting up you know, mid-20s to low-30s fantasy points each time. Uh, he had some early foul trouble against Cincinnati last time, and it was a blowout, so he ended up. He was one of the ones that did get pulled out, um, but I expect to bounce back from him. His rates-wise uh, usage aren't that great, but he does have the 14th best offensive rating in the team, or on the, in the country, 16.4% um, offensive rebounding rate, which is eighth best. 19.9% defensive rebounding rate, uh, draws three and a half fouls per 40, highest free throw rate on the team. So, and he shoots 37% from long range, so he's fully capable of hitting threes as well on 45 attempts. So a lot to like on this Houston side. And then you have a lot of fringe plays, Fabian White, Tremont Mark, uh, your guy Sasser at 5.5 five is in play. He's another one at that 5.5 five range. He would probably be a better play um, than going to someone like Javon, or no, I'm sorry, uh, not Javon Quinter Lee, um, Jaden Shackelford. But he's another guy that I he just because he doesn't add the peripherals and if he gets cold he's one that's projecting well though I, I Sasser's just a guy I have a little bit of concern with typically since he's a very good matchup for him though um, I just think that Grimes and Giroux are are commanding so much usage and leading this team that Sasser sometimes kind of falls by the wayside but if the attention is going to Grimes and Giroux and when Giroux drives, you know, Sasser, all he really has to do is hang out of the three point line. So if he's on fire today, mm -hmm. he could easily, you know, crush this 5.5 uh, salary. His shot rate's hovering right around 25%. So he's taken 184 threes this year, which is a, a ton in, you know, 23 games. So definitely don't sleep on him at that price. Um, another game that I think the mini stack for Houston will go under the radar, but it's a very good, uh, good spot to get some exposure. What say you, man? Marcus Sasser Day. Now, I've been a huge Sasser guy, and I've actually been feeding him a lot lately when he's been on the slates. But I'm going back to him today, I believe. Because like, like you said, this is, this is the game he should, he should be able to handle Cincinnati. And with all the focus going to, going to Grimes, um, <coughs> this is where I may make a mistake when I get – this is why in DFS you can't let recency – bias and feelings getting your way and shit because I feel like I, I'm i on a roll with Herb Jones but then I'm saying to myself is that is it a smart move going Herb Jones over Grimes 
Grimes is definitely projected higher. It's actually cheaper. And this is where I may make a mistake, where I maybe should be going Grimes over her. But, um, I don't know. But they're both great plays. But I like Sasser a lot today. And I also, I mean, you know, I know, I know he's a GPP play, but, man, that Gorham, he's, Gorham, yep. he's like the, he's the heart and soul of that team, man. He really is. And if you watch the game, everywhere, when you see, anywhere you see the ball, there's Gorham. Somewhere, somewhere around the ball. So, I could see him having a good game, especially if you're multi-entry in that big GPP, you know what I mean? Put him in a couple. Uh, but to me, it's a Sasser day and possibly Grimes. Now, on the other side, on Cincy, and we're not, what's this game, at 3 o'clock? That's the problem. I mean, I, I'm assuming Keith Williams is out from everything I've been reading and seeing and stuff. I'm just there saying about his body language on the bench. I mean, I'm not, I know that doesn't say a lot, but everything I'm, so if Williams is out, does that put Terry Easton's price is six? I know his price has gone up six one, but that still may be low for. You see that? I mean, his usage. What his usage has gone up in the last ten days? He's up to like twenty seven percent usage right now. So he that may end up being a pretty much a pretty cheap value player right at six one for Eason. I mean, he's yeah yeah he he's, he's all over the place definitely right. Um. So if Williams is out, would you put a guy like Eason? As I'm. I'm actually building a lineup as, as we're here talking stuff. I'm trying to figure out where I would even fit Eason. Um, I would next to, between him and a guy like Jaron Holmes or something like that. Would you would you play Eason over Jaron Holmes? I think Eason's in a great spot if Williams is out. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely in play. Uh, I don't know that I would use him. I mean, if you're running, I I think I may get exposure because I like I said I plan to run three to five lineups or something like that. So for GPP, yeah, I just, I typically won't target against Houston. Um, so That's I true probably too. won't. Uh, yeah, Cisse had a nice, Cisse yeah. started out really good. He had eight and seven yesterday and, and he's kind of similar on the glass to Eason. Uh, mm-hmm. He got shut out in the second half. So I could definitely see it. It's just the, with all these guys in the 5k range, it might be tough to justify. However, if he's going to be low owned, which he probably should, then it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Especially GPPs. So, yeah, now I'm not Absolutely. thinking about the Houston defense factor, too. Uh, so, but definitely if Williams is out, it's going to start. And I think I'm going to end up playing to Julius in. I think the Julius becomes like a main play with Williams out. We may, we may not know what, if Williams plays. So, if, if Williams plays, though, is to Julius, it's still, it's still a good price. I mean, how many, how many misses did Julius play yesterday? So he played most in the second half. Um, I would, yeah, that's where I was like, it, it, we won't know until later potentially. However, you have all those values in the Illinois game, which we'll touch on here. So you can definitely swap. Uh, Because if he doesn't, if Julius doesn't start, I don't think you can use him. And Illinois is a three. Okay, that's that's 15 minutes later. Okay, cool. Because I think Julius, if Williams is out, Julius becomes almost a main type play where you can get guys like Herb or Grimes and those other guys in. You can get get an AK guy in if you want. If you don't want to use Keon. I'm I'm just afraid to use Keon two straight days. I feel like I sucked sucked out of him yesterday. I said I'm not sure if you're gonna get 20 DK points out of Keon again for Alabama, but all right, we'll see. Absolutely. All right, uh, and then the last game here: Ohio State versus Illinois. Uh, Ken Palm does a 79-75 in favor of Illinois. Their 79 tempo ranking Ohio State 245. Impressive win yesterday for Ohio State. I thought that Michigan was going to beat them even without livers. They were getting great production from Wagner. Of course, Dickinson did very well. 
uh, but Ohio State held on. So this is for the title here. Um, last time Illinois won the Big Ten tournament was in 05 when they made that run to the title game against uh, UNC. That was the year that they had uh, with Darren Williams and all that. So uh, D Brown. Best way to beat Ohio State right now is with a quality big. We've seen, we just saw Dickinson tear him up, and it's been the case, you know, pretty much all season. Liddell's a great offensive weapon, um, but he's not a physical post presence on defense. And Zed Key just, he's not able to play a lot of minutes. So I could certainly see Kofi having a monstrous game here to where, you know, he could even break the slate. I was a little disappointed to see that he was priced up because he did have a good game yesterday. So it makes sense. But I was hoping he'd still be in that low 8K range or even upper sevens. Um, so it is a decision, certainly. Um, as far as how it went in their last time played, um, 73-68 is what Illinois won by last time. Kofi had 12-6, and six, but he was in foul trouble the whole time, only played 25 minutes. So didn't look too good in their first meeting. Uh, the meeting back in January where Ohio State won by six, um, Kofi had 15-11, and 11, so a much better performance there. And if he's not in foul, and he played 32 minutes. So if he's not in foul trouble... Uh, you know, expect Kofi to double double. Like, I think his floor today is probably like an 18 and 10 type of score, but his ceiling's probably like 27 points, 16 rebounds, you know, something like that. And if you block shots, uh, he could really do some damage. The bad thing for Ohio State is, you know, Kyle Young, I missed yesterday with the concussion, likely going to miss today. It's not like he's a giant out there, but he's very aggressive. He's very good at getting rebounds, uh, a big presence for them. So without him there to kind of make things, you know, come uh, uh, and make things difficult for Kofi in the paint or at least keep him off the glass and help double, I think Kofi could have definitely do some damage here. They're going to need great minutes from Justice Suing and even Seth Towns. You know, now I'm ready to proclaim, I, oh, I didn't do it yesterday because Seth Towns, obviously a lot of injuries, his knees have not held up, but he has played 20 minutes in back-to-back -back games. This is yeah. the third day in a row now. It, it appears that knee is fine. It looks like he's good to go. He scored 17 and 16 over the last two days. So at 3-9, I think you can use him in cash now. It's official. But this is a lot of – I still am leery of it because it's a lot of stress to put on him. You know, he's, this last two years, he's just been hurt all the time. Uh, you know, torn out ACLs and all that. So, you know, maybe maybe he's starting to feel it today on the you know third game in three days. But, uh, you know, coming off the bench, I think it's probably smart to do that. But uh, right around that low 20-minute mark, he's taking, you know, four to six shots couple threes. He's very aggressive. He had four blocks yesterday, which was impressive. Uh, they're going to need his physicality and, and his, you know, clutch shot making that he showed in the Ivy League, you know, for Ohio State to really have any chance against a, a hot team like Illinois. So I do like him at 3-9, certainly, much more than a guy like Musa Jalo, who's just out there to, you know, fill space. Justice Suing at 5-6 looks like a great play. Another guy in the mid-five. So you have Sasser, uh, you have Shackelford, and now you have Suing in this 5-5 five, five to 5-6 five, range. All three very capable players. But all three players have, you know, ruined teams at different times this season. So it's not like he's a lock either. This, all three of these guys give me, you know, serious Jalen Tate vibes where it's like, well, this price is way too good to pass up on. But, you know, they just they don't make it. Uh, Sewing's had, you know, 29, 19, and 19 over the last three days. So certainly looking okay at the 5-6 the price. He's playing the 30 minutes, which is good to see. You know, he had a couple games there when Jalo and them were back where his minutes went down. Uh, but suing is he's going to have to channel the California version of himself because they're going to need a big time performance out of him to have any shot to win this, too. So I definitely want some exposure to suing. I just don't think I can run him in my in like my main lineup yet. I'm just a little too uh, perturbed about that just yet. And, and he did have a, a decent game against them last time when they won nine points, you know, seven rebounds, four assists, two steals, uh, which at this price tag would certainly pay off. 
Um, and then the time before that, he had 15, 8, and 1 steal. So he, he could definitely pay this price off. The slate-breaking upside to do it, maybe not. Um, and then guys like Washington and C.J. Walker are just GPP plays for me. Liddell I like, but uh, I think Kofi might you know, kind of knock him around a little bit. So Liddell is a guy that I'm not sure how heavily I'll be on. He did have 19 and four last time they played, which would not get it done at this price point. And then when they actually won, he did have a great game of 26.7 rebounds and an assists. So you saw the good and the bad with him. Um, on the Illinois side, you'll have to decide, you know, do you want to pay that price for Kofi um, of 8.5? Do you want to pay 8.8 for AO? Both are pretty safe options. It's just a matter of how much over 30 to 35 will they go. Um, and if they're going to be worth that salary. I do like taking the secondary players on Illinois again today. It's been a fairly profitable move. Uh, Trent Frazier at 4-9. He would be the pivot off the popular 5 to mid-5K range guys. I did that yesterday with Tate. Knew the industry would be on him, so I kind of zagged over to Frazier. Frazier didn't you know, put up a slate-breaking score or anything, but he was adequate. Adequate. He did outscore Tate. He put up uh, you know, another, what, 24 fantasy points. Um, at the 4-9 price, he usually is going to hover around 20. He plays 30 minutes, so I definitely like him. He shoots a ton out there on the three-point line. Typically, when AO's driving and kicking out, he's going to be the guy to get the ball. He's attempted 140 triples in 28 games, shooting 37% from the field. Um, you know, he's playing 83% of the minutes, so he's playing the highest amount of minutes on the team. Uh, you do have Adam Miller there, the freshman, who's taken 145 triples as a value. Demonte Williams is probably one of the better uh, underrated. We both said that last time, and he came through with an 18-point performance. Uh, he has the ninth best offensive rating in the country, which a lot of people you know, had to be shocked by. His true shooting percentage is almost 70%, which is fourth best in the country. Has a defensive rebounding rate over 19%, uh, and he's shooting 54% from long range on 59 attempts, which is number one in the country. So one of the best three-point shooters. But if you if you if you go to any like you know kind of casual fan or even some you know bigger fans that don't pay attention to Illinois and say, hey. You know, DeMonte Williams is one of the best three-point shooters in the in the country. Uh, they'll probably look at you and laugh, but the stats say that. So uh, I like Williams here. Um, I think at 4-6, he makes sense as a value guy over Miller, um, you know, over Curbelo. Grandison is there at 3-9. Um, but, yeah, 4-6. I, I went ahead and used Frazier and Williams yesterday, and they, they both got me the 4-X I was looking for, and I think they both make sense as plays today. So um, I'm looking at secondary Illinois players in this game and then, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to end up paying up for anyone here, which may end up burning me because it, it has overtime potential on it. But I just feel a little bit more confident in guys like Grimes and Oshuni for uh, uh, for higher upside today. So what are you doing with this one? Yeah, and that's happened yesterday when I was researching for the slate, and I, and I was came across Demonte's stats. I'm like, wow, this guy's really gotten gotten shit done very quietly this year, um, and he did it again yesterday. So he's definitely a value play. This 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 game worries me because I think was I think it was last Sunday I had like a really good score going into the last game and then it was a Michigan Ohio it was Michigan somebody Michigan I don't know, Michigan Michigan State maybe and I didn't have it and, I, and I'm not a big guy on superstition shit but that late hammer it was bothering me the whole game because I didn't have anybody from that game but um and I think this may happen again today because there's I'm, I don't think I'm paying up for any of these guys Kerbel this Kerbella kids had one hell of a season, huh? Back and forth. He said, you talk about up and down yeah. season, his usage rate is almost up to 30% in the last like 10 games. So he's, I, if anybody, I'd probably lean toward Corbello at 5-4 if I was going to play anybody from this game. Um, I think Frazier's a decent value play. I mean, I'm, I'm scared of suing. I'm scared of Towns playing three straight games. 
um, on those yep. knees. And then you're you're 100% right. And he would be a great call today too. But I just, the kid's been through a lot in three straight days. I just can't see him holding up. So I like Corbello today. If I'm going to use anybody from this game and you're right about Kofi, but I just feel like if, I'm, if I had beat five, I'd rather go like Herb or Grimes or something like that. And I watch Kofi turn around and burn us. But to me, it's Corbello. Um, Cause he's, he's becoming preg. I mean, he's, he's becoming consistent now. Well, why did he only play 15 minutes in the Rutgers game? I can't remember. He played 30 minutes yesterday. It wasn't well, it was kind of. Uh, I well, I mean, he typically comes off the bench, so I don't. I mean, I didn't watch that one, so I don't know. It might have just I can't been. Remember. Does he have turnovers there? Who knows? So just I think, pulled, I think he gets, he gets pulled for move. Uh, he gets pulled oh, for missing defensive assignments all the time. Quick. So I mean, without watching the game, I can only speculate. But that was probably something yeah, with it. Underwood like really likes him, but he's also you see it a lot too. He pulls him a lot too for like a lot of teaching moments and shit. But the Big Ten championships not a time for teaching moments. So I, I think he's gonna play a lot today. But um, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, I don't think I, I honestly probably nobody from this game is gonna be in my main lineup. It's, it worries me. So. It would it, it would be Kerbel if anybody, unless somebody else take take Kofi. If Kofi burns me, so be it. But he is in a good spot. You're 100 percent right. He's in a good spot. I'm not touching OSU. I'm not touching Adell. Um, and play GBP plays only for me. I just like these first yeah. three games. I like I like these three. If this is a three game slate. This would be crazy because I like a lot of guys on a slate. A lot better than I did yesterday's three game slate. Yeah, um, Kerbello is a good GPP play. Definitely, um, because he's been continually putting up. He just put 35 on Ohio State just recently as well. So uh, you like him. Like I said, I'm not paying up either, so that might you know might be a problem. But I, I would have no issues going back to myself, Frazier, or Williams. I think both those guys. Yeah, are, Frazier, you know, yeah, Frazier I like Frazier. You're right, Frazier, Williams. They're they're veterans. They're you know they're they're seniors. They've they've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. They've seen it all, and they're not going to wilt in the moment. Um, yep. And I, they, you know, they haven't won. You know, this will be the first chance they have in 15 years to win a Big Ten tournament. Those seniors love to to go out. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to come back, but they love to go out on top like that. So. Um, I think both those guys are are solid plays if you don't want to mess around with the the Julius news or you know going back to Ellis because you're right Ellis, the, the Alabama's just gotten so deep that it's hard to really play their guys um, and feel great confident about it. You get their nice floors, but I just I don't know if you're going to have enough slate breaking potential there you know to justify. So, but that can also be said about Illinois guys if they're just going to go four X. But Trent today feels like a day that Trent Frazier is going to get hot from three and everybody's going to be like, yeah. oh why didn't I play him? Uh, this has the makings and the feeling of a Trent Frazier game to me. Uh, they're going to need clutch shooting, um, and he and he's the guy that can bring it. It was only like it was only like three years ago when Frazier was the bit, one of the you know the best players yep. on this team. Uh, you know before AO really emerged um, and Kobe came to town, so he's got it in him for sure. That's a, that's um, a good you guys call have, on the leadership. It's, I mean, yeah, these guys have been through it all, and this is this is the game for them to shine. That's a good call. Um, so if anyone has any questions and you're listening live, you can ask those in the general room. We are going to pull up prize picks right now. Uh, the featured prize picks plays that I have, um, Kyle Lofton over 23.4 fantasy points. That feels criminally low for a player that is going to play 40 minutes. Uh, Jaron Holmes over 23.4 fantasy points. That one's a little, you know, I don't want to call it riskier, but there is some more variance with his than there is Lofton, but he should definitely hit it as long as he's not fouling. He's had three first-half fouls four times this year, uh, just a side note. And then Quentin Grimes, over 29.8 fantasy points. If you're going to do a flex, a lot of you guys did the power plays yesterday, so you were getting paid off massive. Like I said, we had two guys get uh, a grand yesterday. 
we hit some late night prize picks for the UC, UCSB Gaucho. Shout out to the Gauchos. Great fantasy team that we're going to be talking about here uh, later today. Um, but Grimes over 30, you know, 29.8, 30 fantasy points. I think we see a big game from Grimes. So those are the three featured that I have. What are some other ones that you're potentially looking at? Uh, maybe Petty 26. Um, I see Trent Frazier sitting there at 19. <laughs> I don't know if I take yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that one's that's about that's probably too high. Or well, it's not too high because he can hit it, but yeah, it's not worth. I don't think it's worth touching that one. Lofton the eleven is definitely over. Okay, yeah, and Trent Frazier has a single point of eleven. I think that I would be more apt to hit that than the fantasy number because if he mainly he's going to score, so he hits three threes and a couple free throws, then that's done. Yep. Like the Herb Bonnie Jones calls. single. Uh, Herb Jones's uh, single point is twelve, by the way. But he's not a lock to hit it or anything, but that's it's a little low. What's Cam? Oh, Cam's 33. I would go with the Bonnie calls. I think the Bonnie calls are Davenport, 22. Um, also, your guy Sasser is on the single points, so real points scored is 13. So if you oh, think yeah, he's going to be knocking him down today, then you have that one too. I forgot to look at the single. Now I'm, okay, okay, single now. Yeah, Sasser, 13. Yeah, because I think yeah, this is, a, this is a Sasser game, definitely. Yeah, I would take Sasser thirteen over. I think you're, I just think you're safe for those Bonnie guys. Yeah, because they're going to play the whole game. You know, Lofton, yep. Lofton especially. You know, if you if you want to do some, you know, you know, I know that uh, Adam's been running hot on soccer and you guys on the NHL and stuff. So if you want to do some some cross sports pollination, if you will, uh, I would jam that Lofton play into all your other stuff. I watch him get hurt or something, but I think that one's really really safe. Um, yeah, for you to you know mix into all your other ones, uh, your flex plays with soccer and whatnot. So that one I'm really confident in, but I like all three. Um, all right, so we have approximately an hour and minutes to lock. This will go up for you guys if you miss any part of the show. On do it throughout the day. We will be back on the air on our YouTube uh, stream at 3 p.m. PST, 6 p.m. EST, right as the bracket is you know being announced. Um, they usually on CBS when they announce it and after the, the region, they'll, they'll chat a little bit and they'll go to the next one. So while they're at commercial break and all that, we, Pete and I will have conversations and our initial thoughts about the matchups, you know, any players that we want to, you know, highlight. And then on some of the smaller schools and mid-majors, low-majors, you know, that's where our expertise will come in and we'll, we'll give you some, some names to, you know, pay attention to. And then we'll ultimately see where their prices um, end up. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then you've got the, uh, the MLB show after, couple like an hour after or something with uh with the pro so that should be a fun show i'm looking forward to listening to that lots of good stuff going on uh pete any final words before we head out of here for the last regular season slate of this of the year no but it's gonna be a good one this uh, this is a this is one of the better four game slates we've had all year so let's finish it with a bang get a couple days off to regroup in two hard weeks let's go yep it's and and we we heated you know i'm really excited that we so many people are doing so well we we hit a rough patch there. The most of the industry did, you know, all the regulars were, were getting stuffed in a locker for a bit because of all this wild COVID stuff and, and, you know, guys not hitting their, their, their floors. But during conference tournament week, we really showed out a lot of good profit and, and, and winning lineups out there that I saw that I'm very proud of to see the, you know, the squad do. And now that we're entering tourney time, this is typically a time where we really show out because of, you know, our knowledge on, on, um, uh, some of the smaller schools and we know bigger slates and I know sometimes you don't like the bigger slates, but you got to admit, you know, when they're 10, 12, 14 games, 
we're able to find these lower owned plays that break out and, and it does well for us. So I'm excited. We're going to make some good money. A couple more, you know, weeks to really uh, nail it down here. They'll have some NIT, likely some CBI games, and then, you know, uh, NCAA games mixed together. So uh, a grab bag of all kinds of stuff. If you're not a, a sub right now, you know, it's only 25 bucks. Uh, you want to get that in. You know, you get all the tournament coverage, uh, prize picks, plays, articles, top plays. We have cheat sheets for damn near every sport. We're offering NHL, yep. spring training, um, eSports, EuroLeague, NBA, everything that you could possibly think of is right here for one, you know, $25 price. And you get access to our premium discords where we give you guys not only for CBB, you know, late breaking news, but NBA and all that good stuff. So you'll never be left with a player that's not in. If we get news prior to lock, you're going to have that information and you don't have to search for it yourself. That's well worth the price of admission right there, in my opinion. Um, so, Pete, thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's been a fun season, and uh, I'll see you guys later on. All right. Thanks, guys.